98FM's Now That's What I Call Sport Podcast. It's a very big welcome to Now That's What I Call Sport on 98FM. 98FM's Now That's What I Call Sport with Jamie Moore. Hello there, good morning. You're very welcome to Now That's What I Call Sport here on Dublin's 98FM. Ireland's Six Nations campaign is back on track while our under-20s and women's teams also won. Ireland head coach Joe Schmidt, captain Rory Best and ex-Ireland star Shane Byrne will be here in just a second. It's not even something that you want to be able to say, but there was definitely a, a rise in temperature. There was definitely a, an increase in energy. It was a different kind of pressure, but I think we're probably we're back now to the, to the pressure that we, we put on ourselves. Back on track in, in the sense that, yeah, it was win and that's what we needed. The new League of Ireland season is just a week away and 98FM is the best place on the radio for the greatest league in the world. We'll be making big predictions with our pundit Paul Corey and men from all four Dublin Premier Division clubs, Shamrock Rovers, St. Pat's, Bohemians and UCD on League of Ireland Sunday. Yeah, I think Tunzalk will win it. I think Tunzalk will win it by probably 10. Um, I really do think that they are a class above. And then we'll be joined by 100 cap Ireland centurion Anya O'Gorman who has seen some interesting places across her career as a girl in green. You happen to meet uh, my favourite movie character ever, Bora? No, no, no. And I think it was probably around the time that that film was out, so it was quite funny. Like, uh... And was his stereotype of the area true to what you saw when you were there? Uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, not, not completely. Yeah, she was in Kazakhstan, the home of this very famous man. Yekshimash! I'm my name I like you! This is my country of Kazakhstan. Yeah, I never thought I'd get to play Borat on a sports show, but I have. We'll also be talking to Dubs and give you the chance to be cheering on Leinster very soon. We'll begin, though, with the Six Nations and ex-Lions Leinster and Ireland man Shane Byrne. 98 FM. Now that's what I call sport. Shane Byrne, welcome back to 98 FM. Shane, how are you? I'm good, man. You? Great stuff, Shane. I'm very good, thank you. And much better after Ireland's 22-13 win over Scotland and Murrayfield yesterday to get our Six Nations campaign back on track. If you missed the game, let's briefly hear the match report from 98FM's Will O'Callaghan, who was there. Scotland 13, Ireland 22. It wasn't particularly pretty, but Ireland have got back to winning ways, grinding out a nine-point victory in a scrappy, error-filled encounter at Murrayfield. Two of Ireland's three tries came in the opening 40 minutes, Conor Murray going over early on after Tommy Seymour made a mess of a Jacob Stockdale ship into the backfield. Stockdale made it 13 tries in 16 games in the green shirt in the 16th minute when he seized on Johnny Sexton's offload in midfield to run the ball through the heart of the Scottish defence. Sexton was subbed off for Joey Carberry soon after and it was a mixed hour for the Munster out half. He saw a sloppy pass lead to Scotland's try late in the first half with centre Sam Johnson crossing in the corner for his first Guinness Six Nations try. Ireland's advantage was 12-10 at the break and there was only one try in the second 40 minutes with Joey Carberry's break ending in a composed pass to Keith Earl who brought the ball over the try line. Greg Laidlaw and Carberry exchanged penalties, but the hosts were unable to breach the Irish line and the weekend one table toppers were denied even a defensive bonus point. It's finished at Murrayfield, Scotland 13, Ireland 22. Yeah, great win for Ireland and Joe Schmidt over there in Scotland. Shane, you watched the game before doing commentary on the later game for Virgin Media. Ireland's campaign back on track after that defeat to England. We all wanted Ireland to win and perform well. We played OK, Scotland weren't great, but a win is really what we wanted. Yeah, uh, back on track in, in the sense that, yeah, it was win and that's what we needed. We're heading over to a place that, you know, have a superb record at home, particularly in the Six Nations recently. And, you know, it was a dangerous, you know, potentially banana skin place to go. Ireland didn't play particularly well, but we took our opportunities 
when it was needed and you know we got the response to a certain degree a huge amount of unforced errors huge amount of things to work on a couple of senior players still not showing the form that we need but yeah look you very definitely a step in the right direction yeah, the Ireland head coach Joe Schmidt after the match was actually speaking about that and his players bouncing back from the disappointing performance and defeat on the scoreboard to England last weekend. To be honest, um, it's not even something that you want to be able to say, but there was definitely a, a rise in temperature. There was definitely uh, an increase in energy. And it's hard to put your finger on why we just lacked a bit of energy last, last week. But, um, you know, you've got to have a lot of energy when you're when you make as many tackles as we did in the first half. And we, you know, I, I think we've got to make sure we kick on from here. Um, you know, we're relying on other people now, but the one thing we don't have to rely on other people for is how we prepare ourselves and how we get out and, and play next week or the week after next and, and then those final two rounds. Shane, a rise in temperature according to Joe Schmidt. What would the last week have been like from that defeat to England last Saturday to the game yesterday in camp with Joe, the coaches and the players really wanting to react? And he did say that the temperature did rise all weekend, which led to the, the win today. I say it was pretty intense. I'd say there was a lot of scratching heads and not knowing exactly what had happened because it was a it was a real collective uh you know, non-issue. <laughs> they just didn't turn up as a, as a group, and you know, I'm sure it, it caught a lot of them on the hop, and they just wanted to come back. But like, it also reflected on the game yesterday that you know it was nervy. It, they weren't really trying what they should have done. You know, they were still our kicking game was still bad. It wasn't good. Conor Murray wasn't doing what he was meant to be doing in that regard, and there were so many unforced errors, balls filled, balls going to deck. You know. We're a far away we were, than we were even just a couple of months ago in the November Internationals. And there's a collective bit of damage been done by that game last week. And it'll take a little bit to get over that. We're really almost doing a, a mini rebuild at the moment. And look, they were all steps in the right direction uh, against Scotland. But, you know, they were very tentative. Yeah, the views now of the Ireland captain Rory Best, who was addressing the same issue as his manager and the hit of confidence Ireland may have taken from that defeat to England and how they tried to put things right for this weekend. It was a different kind of pressure, but I think we're probably we're back now to the to the pressure that we we put on ourselves um, to perform. And I think we'd ideally like to play to play better. We'd like to play with a little bit more fluidity than than we did today. Um, get on the front foot a little bit more and. and you know, they defensively they came off the line very very hard at us and they were very hard at the breakdown and it was hard to get any kind of flow to the game for us so yeah look we'll, we'll go back to I suppose the pressure that like I said we put on ourselves the coaches put on us and like we we want to be better I think last week was was a strange week because we felt that we'd done alright in some areas but then and been poor in others and a couple of silly mistakes but we also we don't strive for all right we strive for the best we can be and, and last week wasn't it and I think we probably mentally and emotionally took a bigger step forward this week We don't strive for all right we strive for the best we can be Shane what do Ireland need to do now in this two week break that we're going to have before our next game to Italy which is a very winnable game and a winnable game by a bonus point as well the players will probably get a little bit of time off some might go back to their clubs to play and then everyone back in camp and getting ready to try and give Italy a good beating which leads us nicely into our final two games Now not to be jumping the gun by saying bonus points as you did there but 
you got to remember as well that in, in the league that the bonus points are very important and it is something that you could have a pretty successful end to the Six Nations, you know, and the rest of the Six Nations and still end up nowhere near the leadership board because you do need those bonus points when the opportunities come. Um, look, we need to just continue along this path. Uh, there's going to be injuries coming back. Vital players are going to come back, you know, which is part of, you know, what we want to see from the team, you know, because these players are very important to playing the way they need to play. Maybe it was the first time that we've seen that we've always been able to talk about how great the strength in the squad was, but it's the first time we've had to deal with a, a, a large raft of injuries and it did affect the side. And I'd say a few of those guys coming back will certainly help this healing from whatever it was that happened against England. And it's just to continue on. They need to get Tomojo back. They need to get all those cliches, just get the belief in themselves back on again because they're still the same fantastic team they know that they have the target on their chests you know because they have been so successful in 2018 but they have to be able to cope with that they have to be able to manage with that there's still a lot of rugby to play in this six nations and you know i can't see it not happening but it's still a long way to go after this nervy game yesterday yeah, the other results from yesterday, Italy 15, Wales 26, a game Shane was commentating on. And later on today at 3 o'clock, England at Twickenham host France in a game which I'm sure Ireland will be uh, watching with eagerness for the result as well. But of course, we'll uh, play France in our second last match of this series as well. And fair play as well to the uh, Scotland fans I saw outside my office last night, having a few points in... Uh, Harry's on the green with their kilts on and it's four degrees outside in Dublin. So fair play to you lads, keeping yourselves warm. <laughs> fair play to them, all right, yeah. I don't know how they do it, but they, they, they tend, no matter what the weather's like, to be able to go out in those kilts. Great stuff, Shane Byrne. Thanks a million. Now the under-20s picked up their second win in a row at the start of the Six Nations campaign, beating Scotland 24-5. They're away to Italy next on Friday, February 22nd. While the women's team picked up a great win, they beat Scotland 22-5. Their first victory having been hammered by England the previous weekend. Uh, they're away to Italy as well on Saturday, February 23rd. Leinster next up for them away to Zebre this coming Saturday at half three. Leo Cullen's team currently 21 points clear at the top of the Pro 14. That's an away match, but their next home match is at the RDS on Friday the 22nd of February at 5-8. to eight. We've got a pair of tickets to go and see Leinster against the Southern Kings for you to win right now. Nice and simple, text or WhatsApp the word Leinster, plus your name and where you are and the number you need is 0877 98 98 98. League of Ireland Sunday and 98 FM is on the way next with men from all four Premier Division clubs plus our expert Paul Corey. We'll hear about the latest loss for the Dublin footballers and 100 cap Ireland star Anya O'Gorman will be here too. 98 FM's Now That's What I Call Sport with the Liverpool Football Club Store Ilex Centre 98 FM Good morning just before 20 past 9 Sunday in Dublin Nathan Whelan is beside me Hello sir Hello how are you? I'm very good yourself? Good I can't complain Now the Dublin footballers are complaining because they've lost their second game of the Alliance League already and they've only played three I know yeah Austin Stack Park in Chile was the venue with the Dubs lost by a point one eighteen to two fourteen was the final score in an amazing game against Kerry Goals from Conor Callahan and Paul Mannion kept the Dubs in it who trailed by five points twice throughout the game but what an ending five minutes at a time saw Dublin recycle possession looking for an equaliser Paddy Andrews missed a scorable mark and uh, hitting the post but Brian Fenton's last second attempt to snatch a draw just drifted wide as you said two losses for Jim Gavin's men in their opening three but I think everyone's eyeing up the All-Ireland five in a row later in the year in hurling Maddie Kenny's men face a stiff test travelling to face Galway next Sunday in round three of the Alliance National Hurling League that takes place at Pierce Stadium 
team at throw-in at 2pm. The ladies football sees Dublin against Tipperary in the second round of the Little National Football League in Ard Finn and GA Club at 2pm. And in the Camogie, we saw Dublin drew 10 points apiece last Sunday against Offaly and they face another tough task of Limerick, which is next Sunday. Yeah, well done to Dundalk in the League of Ireland. They won the President's Cup by beating Cork City 2-1 yesterday at Turner's Cross. And now it's time for a League of Ireland Sunday. 98 FM. Prediction time. League champions. Yeah, I think Dundalk will win it. I think Dundalk will win it by probably 10. Um, I really do think that they are a class above. I know they've lost their manager, but at least they have somebody in Vinnie Perth coming in who knows the dressing room, who knows the atmosphere, who knows the environment. We're actually in Paul Curry's mother's sitting room. So thanks to Marie for the lend of the lovely sofa here for our chat. Yeah, Dundalk have set the standard again last season. Double champions. Cork obviously will feel that they'll want to try regain their title. I'm sure ourselves, Pats. You know, Waterford, Recruiter, and listen, there's a number of teams that want to get up and challenge. Listen, hopefully we can bring a bit of success back to Richmond Park. Um, I think we've been starved about the last couple of years after being quite successful over there before that. So, listen, hopefully we can we can bring back good times in Chicago this year. I was the cause of ever being in the football match. It was, it was Baltic, but um, I don't like wearing gloves first, you know. I'd never wear them, no matter how cold it is. I don't know, it's kind of comforting. Well, I can't speak for the rest and I don't know why but um, yeah it was, it was very cold that night we don't really know what to expect but I suppose again it's, it's trying to keep to our core philosophies our principles and we need to have a bit of bravery and a, a bit of maturity about our game of course the quality of opposition is going to be a different level you know teams competing in Europe as well this year that's why I celebrate winning the league and get into the Premier Division League of Ireland on 98FM the best place on the radio for the SSE Airtricity League Yes, hello there and you are very welcome to episode one of League of Ireland Sunday here on 98FM with myself Jamie Moore from there that's what I call sport we are just five days away from the return of the greatest league in the world the SSER Trissy League the Premier Division anyway and every Sunday here on 98FM we're going to bring you the best coverage of the league before anyone and everyone else with interviews analysis opinion from current League of Ireland players and managers our expert pundits and also former League of Ireland players at home and abroad as well Kicking things off this week with a very special show. We're going to be joined in just a moment by one of our League of Ireland pundits, Paul Corey, former Sheffield Wednesday UCD and Shamrock Rovers midfielder who had to retire about 14 months ago after a serious knee injury. And we're also going to be joined then by four men involved with the four Dublin clubs in the Premier League this season. Of course, because we are a Dublin radio station, two of them are captains. St. Pat Skipper Ian Birmingham and Shamrock Rovers captain Ronan Finn will join us. As well, of course, as Bohemians goal scorer Dinny Corcoran and a man who will be trying to stop and score in four games this season. The UCD goalkeeper Connor Kearns will join us too. And we'll bring you all the fixtures before weekend one of the League of Ireland season, which kicks off this coming Friday. And we cannot, of course, wait to get going. League of Ireland on 98FM. The greatest league in the world is less than a week away. We cannot wait for the return of the SSE Airtricity League this coming Friday with five games in the Premier Division. And we're happy to uh, welcome our League of Ireland pundit for the season, Paul Curry to League of Ireland Sunday 98 FM former UCD Shamrock Rovers and Sheffield Wednesday midfielder Paul how are you? Yeah very good Jamie really looking forward to the season starting up again Yes of course we have Dundalk defending double champions with a new manager Stephen Kenny gone to take over the Ireland 21s and then the Ireland senior team we've Cork City chasing Shamrock Rovers chasing plus others and we've got Euro Club UCD back in the Premier League Finn Harps back up again and it should be a fascinating season Yeah lots of things to look forward to hopefully we're looking at people and teams pushing Dundalk a little closer than last year so obviously there's been massive changes in around there there's been changes at Rovers changes at Pats and Cork so it's definitely going to be a spectacle yeah, the fixture for the opening weekend in terms of clubs in Dublin, St. Pat's House in Cork City at Richmond Park. 
We have Bohemians against Finn Harps at Dalyman Park and Shamrock Rovers making the trip to Waterford, which would be an interesting game. And UCD back in the, the Premier League for the first time in a few years as well. A long trip for them away to Derry City. The other game, the champions, Dundalk, hosting Sligo Rovers. We're going to focus mainly on the Dublin clubs here at the Dublin radio station, of course. So, Paul, firstly, your uh, former club, Shamrock Rovers, 25 points off the top spot last season, 22 points off it in 2017 and 2016. They've added Aaron McAniff from Derry City and Jack Byrne, who's come home from Manchester City and needed a couple of other clubs in the UK as well. They've lost Brandon Mealy, lost Gary Shaw, Luke Byrne and Dave McAllister, some of their, their senior players from last year. And it'll be a big season for Rovers. Yeah, massive season in particular for Stephen Bradley and, and his coaching staff. Um, you know, they have added some nice players in Aaron McAniff, in um, Jack Byrne. But I just wonder, are they going to score enough goals? Um, and goals is ultimately what's going to win you games and get your points and, and bring you higher up the table and close to undock. And I'm not sure if they have that firepower up there. Um, going to rely on a lot on Aaron Green and Dan Carr to score goals because albeit Jack Byrne is a lovely player and Aaron McAniff is a lovely player, Joel Custrane, Dylan Watts, I'm not sure there's 10, 15, 20 goals in any of them. Um and I just think that that is probably going to be their stumbling block. I would also like to have seen them bring in maybe another centre-half. I know Pico Lopez has done very well and Lee Grace has done very well, but why are one of them to get injured? I'm not sure how many games are in Joey O'Brien. He's, he's pushing on, and yes, he's great to have around the dressing room, and yes, he's great to lead by example and, and mentor players, but how many games is he going to play? Um, and we saw with Delaney down at Cork last year. It is a difficult league. You've got nippy little wingers coming in and if you're at an age where maybe you're at the back end of your career, it might be, it might be difficult coming up against players like that. So, listen, I think they'll progress. I think they'll get close to Dundalk. I think they're probably the one team that can probably threaten Dundalk. But I'm just not sure if they just have that firepower to get past Dundalk. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll play out from the back and I think they finished the season very well last year like they did the year previously. So, from Stephen Bradley and, and his point of view, it's how well they can start because they've started well for the first two or three games but then have lost momentum. And unlike last year, they're not going to be able to allow Dundalk to get that far out ahead and, and, and give them momentum and having to close that gap would be a difficult thing, I feel. Now we're very happy to welcome the Shamrock Rovers captain Ronan Finn to League of Ireland Sunday on 98FM. Ronan, thanks for having a chat. Sum up for me your excitement and feelings with less than a week to go, a long break. I'm sure everybody can't wait to get going for season 2019. Yeah, long enough break. Um, you know, that's what happens with League One, slightly longer than maybe yeah, other countries. But um, no, we're all looking forward to it all in you know, good shape and um, just really looking forward to the season now. Now, Ronan, your opening league game away to Waterford at the RSC this coming Friday at 7.45 kickoff. Waterford had a, a really good season last year in their first year back in the Premier League and qualified for Europe themselves and yourselves push each other all the way for third and fourth. The RSC down there is sure to be packed for the game. Your thoughts on facing another top four rival again to kick off the new campaign? Yeah, really looking forward to the game next week against Waterford. Um, went down there uh, twice last season um, and, you know, Difficult, difficult venue, and we we all know that. We know that, and um, they're a good side, and you know the place would be a sellout. It'd be a really, um, you know, great atmosphere, especially being the first game of the season. But something that we're relishing and looking forward to. Um, so no, it's you know it's a great place to start, and we'll respect them, and um, we know they're a really good side, and you know we'll be, um, you know, when the time comes next week, Friday, we'll be looking forward, to and we'll be ready. Yeah, we'll go from Shamrock Rovers now to St. Pat's and new manager Harry Kenny. And Harry Kenny has brought in 
a number of new signings this season, none more important probably than Chris Forrester back from his time in the UK as well. He's signed a three-year contract back at Richmond Park. They've also signed Brandon Mele from Shamrock Rovers, Reese McKay from Sligo, Mikey Drennan from Sligo, Dave Webster has joined from Waterford, Gary Shaw also from Shamrock Rovers as well. So six new signings, Georgie Poynton's joined as well and Kieran Kelly has come back from Drada, a young defender. They've kept the likes of Ian Birmingham and Brendan Clark, the goalkeeper, Simon Madden, James Duna, and others, they've got an exciting squad. They've had a good pre-season, albeit all against first division teams. It finished eight last season, 37 points off the top and Liam Buckley left towards the end of the year as well. Your thoughts on Pat's hopes, like Rovers, to get a bit closer to the top this year and, and definitely get back to Europe? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Harry knows the league inside out. He, he did very well at Bray while he was there and he brought the club and the team forward. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with this St. Pat's team. Chris Farris has been massive coming back to the league. It's great to have him back. Really, really big talent. The likes of Jack Byrne as well, who are going to be exciting players to watch. McElhenney-esque in the final third. So it'll be really interesting to see what he sort of form he comes back in because he hasn't really been playing in Scotland or England. So listen, he has a bit of a point to prove. I think Reese McCabe, having played with him in Sheffield Wednesdays, another one has a point to prove. He did very well in Sligo, but from experience, Reese should be playing at a much higher level. So, um, listen, like Shamrock Rovers, like a great competition in central midfield positions like some McCabe, Lennon, Forrester, um, people who can really get a grip of the game and can make things happen. And then it's up to the likes of, you know, your Dean Clarks, your James Dunas, probably looking again. And, and it's the one thing that we're probably missing in the league is a natural born scorer outside of Pat Hooban because the ones who are banging in goals tend to get snapped up and go out to the UK so can Mikey Drennan and Gary Shaw chip in with your 15-20 goals a season it's difficult to know I know they've both been doing really well in pre-season but listen hopefully they'll be able to bring that in, in into the into the real season um, he's the core of a good squad the likes of Simon Madden the likes of a Jamie Lennon the likes of your Brendan Clark um, good experienced pros uh, outside of Jamie Lennon of course who had a great season but know the league inside out and Harry has a likeability factor and he gets buy-in from the players and they might play with a bit more freedom and things probably went a bit stale there when Liam Buckley was there towards the end of his reign so listen it's exciting times I would love to see them push back up a club like St. Pat's who uh, I always loved playing against I would love to see them push on and, and challenge listen I'd be surprised if, if they were challenging for the league but it'd be great to see them go for Europe or push for maybe one of the Cups Now it's been a winter of change for St. Pat's with lots of new signings a new manager and Harry Kenny an excitement at Richmond Park hopefully for Pat's from their point of view to have a better season than they've had in the last couple of seasons we're joined now by the St. Pat's captain Ian Birmingham Bermo thanks for having a chat your thoughts on the voyage ahead and after a long off season raring to go Yeah I think with the break being so long um, over here I think everybody just be kind of chomping at the bit to get back and we're, we're now different and um, there's a bit of a buzz around the club at the minute and uh, it's a big season for us so we're all looking forward and uh, can't wait to get going against Cork next week Burma finally you know last couple of years for Pats in the league table hasn't been where you guys would have wanted to be not in Europe this year as a result of, of league performances last year Dundalk and Cork will go for it Rovers, Waterford yourselves I'm sure as well You'd be hopeful to try and finish a bit higher, pick up more points and, and really, you know, have something to compete for come the maybe last series of games, last five or six of the season. Yeah, look at you look at the top four from last year and they'll be really strong again. Um I think Rovers there'll be a bit of pressure on Rovers with the signings they've made to kind of get closer to Dundalk this year and, and, and challenge them if not go and win it. Um obviously Cork will be up there again, Waterford they've they've kept most of the squad together so listen it's up to us we, we know we've got the quality we've got to break into that top four this season and um, that's the aim really we can kind of look at halfway through maybe three quarter of the season and see where we're at whether we can have a good 
crack at Dundalk or whoever's top um, but listen um, European football is the main aim to get back down to Inchicore and I think if we can have a crack at the Cups as well, the FAI Cup and League Cups, we've got to try and go a bit of silverware this year as well with the squad we have. So listen, um, it's, it's it's a big season for us, a big year for us. Um, and listen, hopefully we can bring a bit of success back to Richmond Park. Um, I think we've been starved about over the last couple of years after um, being quite successful over the, like, before that. So listen, hopefully we can we can bring back good times to Inchicore this year. League of Ireland on 98FM. The best place on the radio for the SSE Airtricity League. You're on League of Ireland Sunday on 98FM. So that's what I call sport with Jamie Moore here. And Paul Corrie, former Shamrock Rovers UCD and Sheffield Wednesday midfielder. And if you're wondering where we are, if you're watching this video, we're actually in Paul Corrie's mother's sitting room. So thanks to Marie for the lend of the lovely sofa here for our chat. We're going to move from the two Dublin clubs, Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's, to another Dublin club in the Premier League, Bohemians. Um, I know Paul often goes down the road there to uh, Dalyma Park to watch Bowes and a couple of his family are big Bowes supporters. If we look at the squad Keith Long has, it's a young squad and he's lost a number of key players. The goalkeeper Shane Supple had to retire from injury. Three of his centre-backs are all gone. Dan Byrne has gone to Shelburne. Ian Morris is now the Shelburne manager. And Dan Casey has gone down to Cork. They've also, you know, lost Oscar Brennan. They've lost their winger, Daniel Kelly. JJ Lunny has gone to Waterford as well, to name just a few of the players that they've lost. James Talbot and Noel Corbett, two good goalkeepers have joined the club. James Finnerty, a number of younger players who've come home from the UK as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how Bowes do because every season they seem to be losing their best players um, and we're just not sure how they'll do. Ali Regba as well, we understand he's not going to move to Leicester City. He's back in Dublin. Not sure has he signed back for Bowes yet. He may go full-time as well. A very good young striker. So for Keith and Trevor, it's about trying to get enough points to, to not be dragged into something at the bottom. But they saw last season, they finished sixth, that they, if they put a run together, they can be mid-table and maybe even a bit higher. Yeah, mid-table is, is probably a realistic target as it will be with Bose, um going forward with the budget that they're dealing with. Keith hasn't got the resources to hang on to his best players and the nature of football is that your best ones are going to get snapped up and they're going to be offered better contracts elsewhere. So listen, it's it's going to be a difficult start and it's going to be a difficult season as far as I'm aware um, losing three centre halves losing the likes of Dean Kelly who was such a threat for them losing Shane Supple who was his experience at the back um, it's going to be difficult so he's going to be relying on the likes of your Derek Penders and your Dinny Corcoran's to I guess galvanise the younger players what you would say is there's a number of people coming back from the UK who probably haven't tasted too much first team football Um and it's often an unknown quantity what you're going to get with them. Um, so listen, it's it's going to be similar to what it was probably the last two seasons with Trevor and, and Keith Long in there. They're going to have to coach, they're going to have to develop, they're going to have to work with what they have and they're going to just have to try and make the most of, of the squad and the players that they have at, at their um, disposal. So it's going to be difficult. Um, it, it, it could be you know their start is going to be everything I feel because if you're a young player and if you haven't experienced much first team football if you get off to a bad start as much as winning is a habit losing is a habit and if you get into a rut it's a very difficult situation to come out of so listen Bows are a great club I have a lot of time for Trevor um, I don't know Keith that well but I, I know the great work that has gone in there and the likes of Dara Leahy and the likes of Dean Kelly and bringing those younger players on hopefully they'll be able to do something similar this season Dinu Corcoran welcome to League of Ireland Sunday on 98FM how are you? Not too bad, Jamie. Thanks. Danny, thanks for having a chat with us. Now, firstly, a long off-season, the longest in any football league in the world ever, probably. How are your excitement levels with now just five days to go, really, until the big kick-off at home to Finn Harps? Yeah, buzzing for it, obviously. I mean, like you said, the off-season is long, but um, uh, we, we don't take long off. We get an off-season programme, so we're training pretty much straight away after the season finishes. So, yeah, it's been very long, so... Um, 
yeah, it's, it's all it's been all about this count down there to the Finn Harps game, so we're we're buzzing to go, yeah. Ready for this Friday seven forty five bowls against Finn Harps, Dinny in the opening game of the league and your second league games against U C D who are recently promoted as well. So you've got the two promoted teams back to back in in your opening two games. Clearly six points from six is what you're gonna want, but how important to beat those type of teams given we mentioned the full time teams like Dundalk and Cork and Rovers and Pats will be probably competing towards the top and for you guys to try and you know be the best of the rest and you were sixth last year and not too far from Europe the previous year either to, to pick up points mm. against the teams that are, are expected to struggle Yeah it's going to be it's going to be huge the, the first two games I mean I think that's what was wrong with us last season we got off to a slow start and it, it's kind of hard to gain momentum then so yeah we were happy to see the the, the first two fixtures alright but they're, they're not going to be easy by any means so we're not taking them lightly but it, it, it is a good chance to get points on the board early and I think we showed towards the end of last season. Once we once we get going, we, we're we're a good team. So we're definitely going to be looking to pick up six points from them games. And I, I don't see why we can't. We'll be confident going into them. And um, yeah, it could be very important coming later on in the season. And we're going to move on finally to another one of former uh, Paul's former club, should I say, UCD. It's great to see them back in the Premier Division. They won the first division last season, playing brilliant football. They also made it. Don't forget to the FAI Cup semi-finals, losing to Dundalk very narrowly. They could have been at the Aviva Stadium in the final. And UCD, since Paul has been there, have changed their model totally. It's a full scholarship base that every player in their first team squad is in college or has been in college recently as well. And you know. We spoke about the young players that Bowles have. UCD are the very same. They've kept almost their whole squad from last season. Bar Dara O'Connor, a number 10 player who moved to Cork City. Uh, your thoughts on UCD's uh, first voyage back to the Premier for a while. And when you were there, I think Martin Russell had them in the league for five years in a row. They're now under Collie O'Neill. And good young squad ready to, to show the world and the first and the Premier Division, sorry, that they're good enough to be there. Yeah, listen, they defeated all odds last year getting promoted. And they had a great cup run as well, getting us to the, the semi final and actually running Dundalk quite close that night we know what you get with UCD it's going to be open football it's going to be playing out from the back it's going to be high press it's going to be energetic um, you're going to see a lot of young players that a lot of people won't have seen before so I can't imagine it's going to be any different to what it was when I was there you're going to have some frustrating nights and you're going to have some great nights Um great nights in that they could probably take the scalpel of one of the bigger teams and frustrating nights where they might drop and lose by two or three goals to the likes of the teams who are going to be in and around them, the Sligos, the Bows, um, and the Finn Harps. So, listen, it's, it's it's going to be great. I love going out there. I love watching them play. I think it's a breath of fresh air the way they play. I think they play better football than anybody outside of Dundalk within the Premier League next year. Um, people to look out for, you're probably looking at Gary O'Neill. Um, obviously being at UCD now for a couple of seasons but has yet to, to taste Premier Division football as far as I know um, so really good ball playing centre midfielder gets honest dictates things for UCD and has probably a bit more experience than the rest of the squad Neil Ferruja who played for the 21s during the week athletic strong good on the ball real UCD type players um, and then you're looking at the likes of Liam Scales at the back um, to hopefully stand up and be counted against experienced centre forward so listen it's always great going out to Belfield I know they have their critics because they don't have a massive fan base but if you look around the league and you look at players who have been successful in this league a lot of them have come from UCD the likes of your Macmillans Andy Boyle Ronan Finn Greg Bulger Robbie Benson Robbie Benson you know Kieran Kulduff people have, have won a lot of league titles coming out of UCD so this is the next crop um, this is the next successful crop so it's going to be really interesting to see what players step up this season Connor Kearns welcome to League of Ireland Sunday on 98FM Connor. how are you? 
Jamie, I'm great. How are things? Great, thanks, Connor. UCD goalkeeper and played for the Ireland under 21s against the Irish amateurs during the week on Wednesday. Kept a clean sheet in a 1 0 win, Connor. Uh, what do you expect from your first season, Connor, in the Premier Division from a personal point of view as a goalkeeper? And lots of the players in this squad, because UCD being away for so long, have probably never played in the Premier League. It's, it's, it's kind of, I suppose, it's, it's, un, it's an unknown for the majority of the team. I don't. I think maybe two or three of the lads may have had Premier Division football before. Um, we got a taste of it last year, of course, when we played against Dundalk and, and Waterford. And I think even a couple of the games, like the one against Harps towards the end of the year, would have had that type of intensity that you can bring into it. And Harps being a Premier Division club now as well. Um, we don't really know what to expect, but I suppose, again, it's, it's trying to keep to our core philosophies, our principles. And we need to have a bit of bravery and a, a bit of maturity about our game. Um, of course, the quality of opposition is going to be a different level. You know, we've teams competing in Europe as well this year. So that's a, that's another step for us, another step up. But, you know, that's that's why you celebrate winning the league. You know, that's, that's why you want to win the league so you can get up and get into the Premier Division and uh, play those type of games. Finally, prediction time. League champions, relegated. That's what I want from you. I think it's going to be a two-tiered league. I think it's going to be Dundalk and Cork as usual. I think it's going to be Pats and Rovers to push and Waterford. Then I think the two have come up, UCD and Finn Harps. Towards the bottom, I think Sligo may struggle a little. Bohemians as well, and Derry City with their new manager as well, and, and an interesting squad could could be towards the middle of the table. What's your own thoughts on, on how things will go? But I definitely think if you did what to do in Scotland or up north halfway through and split the league, that would probably be what it would look like. Yeah, I think Dundalk will win it. I think Dundalk will win it by probably ten. Um, I really do think that they are a class above I know they've lost their manager but at least they have somebody in Vinnie Perth coming in who knows the dressing room who knows the atmosphere who knows the environment and with Stevie O'Donnell stepping into a, a managerial coaching position I think the players will really benefit from that um, I think you're probably looking at Sean McGrove is pushing them um, I, I think it's going to be a difficult task how they start as I said is going to be really important and I think then probably down around the base of the division you're probably looking at the likes of your Finn Harps um, the likes of your Derry, uh, Derry and Bowes I, I just think Derry have lost the two Hale brothers they've lost Ronan Curtis last year they've lost Aaron McAniff yeah. um, <clears throat> they conceded a hell of a lot of goals last year so it's it's going to be um, a really difficult task for Declan Devine up there um, and I just think Bows with, with inexperienced players and, and Finn Harps with their type of football I think they, they probably out-bullied and out-muscled a lot of teams in the first division last year I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that in the Premier Division I think they're going to struggle from having a lack of possession and they're probably not going to score too many goals so I would imagine if I was to pick one I'd probably go Finn Harps to be relegated Paul Curry, thanks for joining us on uh, League of Ireland Sunday on 98 FM we'll speak to you soon Thank you Jamie It's the greatest league in the world League of Ireland on 98 FM yeah, what a weekend in store in the opening weekend of the SSE Airtricity League. It's Jamie Moore here. League of Ireland Sunday on Dublin's 98FM. This coming Friday, all of the games take place, the opening games, in the opening weekend of the 2019 SSE Airtricity League season. At 7.45, Waterford host Shamrock Rovers down there in the RSC. The same time, Richmond Park here in Dublin, St. Pat's against Cork City. It's Sundalk against Sligo, quarter to eight in Oriel Park. Derry City hosts newly promoted UCD also at a quarter to eight. And the final game, surprise, surprise, at the same time, the other newly promoted side, Finn Harps make the trip to Dalyman Park to face Bohemians. And if you're wondering where the First Division coverage is, well, it's going to be on next week's show because the First Division starts a week after the Premier Division. 98 FM's Now That's What I Call Sport 
Talks League of Ireland. Yeah, it's a full 45-minute League of Ireland Sunday at 98FM with more from Paul Corrie and the men from the four Dublin clubs from Ronan Finn, Ian Birmingham, from Dinny Corkin and Conor Kearns in the podcast section of 98FM.com right now. Now, on the way after the break, we're going to be joined by a lady who actually met Borat. Well, she didn't really, but she was in Kazakhstan with Ireland playing one of her 100 games for the girls in green. Anya O'Gorman will join us next on 98. 98 FMs. Now that's what I call sport. With the Liverpool Football Club Store. Ilex Centre. 98 FM. You're welcome back to Now That's What I Call Sport here on Dublin's 98FM with myself, Jamie Moore, on Sunday. Now it's time to welcome Anya O'Gorman to the show, former Ireland international, 100 caps for the girls in green, just retired last year. She's still playing club football and sat down with me at the Aviva Stadium last week as the FAI appealed for volunteers, up to 1,400 volunteers that are needed to help Ireland and Dublin stage four games at Euro 2020. 98FM, Now That's What I Call Sport. So you were born in May 89, correct? Yeah. I'm a June 89 baby myself. So we're both 29, yeah. but you've retired from <laughs> international football. Yet. Not 30 yet, thank God. My mother keeps reminding me you're 30 this year. I know, I know yeah. that. Thanks, Mum. But 29, 100 Ireland caps, your, your last cap against, uh, I think, Norway in a World Cup yeah. qualifier last year. Unfortunately, Ireland didn't make it. Why retire when you're still young? Um, I don't know. I think I've been playing since I was 16, so... Um I got my 100 cap a lot of years of dedication and, and I enjoyed every minute of playing so um just felt like me it was the, just the right time to to call, call it the day and um, now I'm turning and coach, focusing on my coaching badge and still really enjoying my club football at Piment. Yeah, how was that last game when you know every, it was it was I think it was known or at least known certainly by a lot of people that you were going to retire and it was going to be your 100 cap and it was a game that didn't matter in the grand scheme of things because we couldn't make the playoffs unfortunately but how were your emotions before, during, after and now that you've had a little bit of time to kind of look back on it? Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of a roller coaster emotions. I think at the time you're just focused on the game and getting through the game and it's your 100 cap but you're trying to just stay focused on the game and not distract you that from, from playing for your team and, and getting a result on the day. So I think now I look back and, and I think yeah, 100 caps is a, a really, really good achievement. Um, probably will miss playing a little bit but now I'm focusing on other things in my life and um, I think when as I get older I'll probably look back more at the gold cap and, uh, and think it was a massive honour. So bring us back to you're 16 years old and you're called up to the senior squad for the first time. I think for like a pre-season friendly tournament and you, you made your, your debut and you've been involved ever since? Yeah, I think um, I was 16 and there was a squad. It was going to the Algarve Cup out in um, the Algarve and there was 20, 20, 22 players maybe involved and I think someone got injured so uh, I got the call up from Noel King to go and obviously I jumped at it, jumped on the plane, couldn't wait to get going um, so um, that was a massive opportunity, a massive learning experience for me. It t- I think it was the year after that that I um, actually got a few minutes against Denmark in the same tournament. So um, since uh, it, it was a massive experience, and just looking back now, like all them years, um, some great memories, some great friends. So that was two thousand and six, I think, which is you would probably still have been in school then, were you? Yeah, I was in school, um, so uh, I missed quite a lot of school in fifth and sixth year, like I think it was 12, at least 12 weeks in total, but I think that actually helped me with my studies at the time, because when I was there, I focused on and worked a little bit harder, I actually got better at school as I got older, so I was a bit of a, a messer when I started out, but then you learned to realise that uh, it is important and it gets you places in life. You were playing here in Ireland in, in the Women's National League as well, um, 
and a move to the UK became a possibility. I think you'd had like 50 caps or something by then. Talk to us about the, the you know your original times here in in the Women's National League and then the move across to Doncaster. Yeah, so I was playing with P Mount here in the um, in the, it was a Dublin it was the Dublin League I hadn't turned to the Women's okay, National okay. League. So I just gone to Doncaster the year that the Women's National League started. So we just won the FAI Cup. So that meant we were going to play in Europe. So I went over and played in Doncaster for the season and the break was on when the qualifiers against PSG. So I came back and I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to, to partake in them as well and then went back to Doncaster again for another season and then came back and played in Piedmont in the, the Women's National League. So uh, I wasn't involved the year that they won the, the title. So hopefully this year. A little bit about your time in England and there's, you know, an interesting part that you were in a hotel for a lot of the time as well and, you know, you're a dub but people listen don't know that they can hear it by your accents and you know, lots of Irish people make the move across, whether they be boys or girls at a young age, to go and play in England. And some live in digs, some are old enough to rent the place. But in your case, you were in a hotel for a little bit of time, and, and there was lots of a spare time with kind of nothing to do. Yeah, um, I think it is. It is difficult. It's, it's something that I really, um, I think, was really important for me to go over and do just for myself. And, and I know it was a great experience, and one that I don't regret. But yeah, there's a lot of free time. I got involved in the bells in the community, so I'd go out and coach kids and skills and stuff like that, just to to occupy my time I did a bit of an online nutrition uh, course as well when I was there there was other girls there was a Swedish girl and a Canadian girl that uh, lived nearby as well so we just um, went to the gym and went to the cinema and just tried to use our uh, time as productive productive as we could So you returned to Ireland and in 2013 P Mount are playing against Wexford Youths in a Women's National League game and a certain Stephanie Rhodes scores probably the best goal ever scored in women's football ever in the world but certainly in Ireland yeah. it's thankfully nominated for the Puskas FIFA Goal of the Year award finishes second there's Ronaldo and Messi and all these people at the awards I mean a great photo of Stephanie walking in and Ronaldo and Messi in their, in their seats and she's sitting down beside him as well I've seen the goal so many times it has so many million views but until I was doing some research I never knew you provided the assist and uh, you've got none of the credit Steph has taken at all I know it was all about the assist wasn't it that bad cross <laughs> I know um now it was a really, really uh, momentous moment, I think, in women's football, in the world even, um, for Steph and, and that goal. I don't, can't see it being topped anytime soon, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see if that happens. Yeah, because you, you, know, you know the ball arrives at Steph from someone on her team, yeah, but yeah. because the goal is so amazing, you rewind and you pause and you watch, you're like, what a goal, but you don't actually realise the build-up. Did you realise when the ball was on its way to her that she was going to do what she did, and what did you think when she did what she did? Yeah, I think we were all a bit in shock when uh, she did what she did. Sarah Lawler actually was playing centre forward with Steph. I was playing on the wing, just threw the ball in really quickly to me. So I just tried to play it into Steph and like unbelievable touches and, and a great finish. And we watched it up in the change room in Fairy Cag Park after. And I was like, Steph, you wait now till that goes viral and bang. And it did. At that time, were all of your games videoed? And was it lucky that the video happened to be there and that the, vi- uh, you know, at that level of football there's only one camera and it's you know it's a, probably a cheap camera and it's a person doing it who maybe isn't a, f- a fully qualified video analyst or whatever and sometimes they miss stuff and thank God whoever was doing the camera that day caught the goal and I understand was someone from Wexford who recorded it? Yeah so Wexford and not all the games would have been recorded so they would have been in Wexford so I think we were probably lucky that we were in Wexford and um, that the, the, gag, the goal was recorded um, probably not unbelievable quality like you said but it was still you could still uh, see the goal clearly and and how good it was so yeah very fortunate that we were down there in Wexford now all the games are um, recorded and, and they go up on a software system for all the coaches to view so that's progress yeah of course how much of an influence on you know women's football in the country and beyond 
did that goal have because there is still a battle on now for women's football to get the coverage yeah. that it should get but something like that going so viral and Steph being at you know, an, an, events, or an event ceremony an award ceremony a worldwide ceremony show to millions with the likes of Ronaldo and Messi sitting beside her was, was a massive thing yeah. for any footballer to do but particularly an, an Irish footballer yeah, I think always more moments like that that are success are massive. Like the Irish hockey players, I'd say there's hundreds more girls participating in hockey now. Like Steph's goal, just to, just to get the interest in women's football, that women can play football. And maybe who knows how many girls went down to the local club that weekend to, to play football. And it's just great to see so many girls now involved and in, in all sports. Across the time since it was scored in 2013, how many times has Stephanie Roach reminded you guys about it she's done ever you know ever similar in training and it, it's obviously her claim to fame and it's a nice one but I'm sure that you know she's she's used it quite a lot it was a little bit of banter flying around yeah I think um it'd be funny like uh, she probably would have done like really special things in training all the time and we would have been used to it, uh, maybe not that special but used to seeing it week in week out but uh you know, like if you didn't miss a goal, an easy goal or something, I'd be like, Puskas, <laughs> just messing with her. But uh, now very technical and a very special player and I'm glad to see her back now on the pitch as well over in uh, Italy. Yeah, you're on there. That's what I call sport on 98 FM. It's Jamie Moore here at the Aviva Stadium at Anya O'Gorman. 100 cap Ireland player and also still playing for P Mount here in the Continental Tires Women's National League for the uh, 500 Days to Go volunteer programme launched by the FAI at the Aviva Stadium at the moment. On your, across those hundred caps, you got to see some amazing places around the world and around Europe and around Ireland as well. What type of things would, would come to your mind if I asked you to tell me about the kind of interesting places and things and cultures and foods that you've seen across your time in World Cup qualifiers, Euro qualifiers and so on? Um, yeah, I don't know. We had one mad trip. We had to go to Russia and we had to go from Russia to Kazakhstan. Okay. And uh, we had like this bus across like these bockety roads. Um, so that was very, very, very interesting. <laughs> um, so that was probably the strangest place I've been to. But it was probably the travelling from Russia to Kazakhstan and getting this bus uh, along these bockety roads. So uh like seeing some some amazing places. Um, we were in um, Montenegro, fabulous. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the place we we're in, but like I think we were kind of expecting it not to to be so nice, but it was amazing. The hotel and the field was always uh, lovely. So, um, Montenegro is a good place, and Kazakhstan was probably the strangest place. Tell me more about Russia to Kazakhstan on a bockety road on a bockety bus. Um, yeah, like Russia was fine and um, plane sailing. I think it was just all the traveling and, and obviously the airport wasn't really near where we were playing in Kazakhstan. So, uh, yeah, I remember just uh, a lot, a lot of traveling and a lot of bus time and then not really knowing when you, what you're eating when you got there. But we got the results anyway and we all uh, got home safely. Did you happen to meet uh, my favorite movie character ever, Borat? No, no, no. And I think it was probably around the time that that film was out, so it was quite funny. Like, uh, and was his stereotype of the area true to what you saw when you were there? Uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, not not completely. And when you're on these trips, do you get to, as an Ireland footballer, like see the place at all, or is it just you land, you get in the bus, you go to the hotel, you train, you play, you go home, and have the managers over the years allowed you guys to maybe get out for, you know, to experience some of the culture, maybe go for a tour, as well as obviously focusing on what you're there to do? Um, yeah, no, it's not always do you get the time to, but I think here and there we get a half day. Like, we went into Moscow, I think we were in Russia after the game, just for a little walk around, it was freezing, but that was nice. And most places we go, we would visit, visit the local town or village, and and that's always nice, just to take in some of their culture and their heritage. I know we're reminiscing about your time with Ireland now. Do you miss it yet? And when, obviously, does you know the next campaign for the next Euro qualifier starts later this year? Ireland didn't make the, the World Cup this year, unfortunately. But when will you start to miss it? I know you'll do some media stuff around it, I'm sure. But maybe when the next qualifier is on at a packed tally, you'll be a little bit like... 
I wish I was out there. Yeah, do you know what? I don't miss it yet, but I think that's when it will, when the big the big games are on in Tala and the Euros and stuff like that. But I've uh, been busy now and I'm focusing on other things, starting my coaching badges, so hoping to finish them out this year. And then, yeah, hopefully I'll be doing a bit of media stuff just to, to distract me and take my mind off and enjoy my club football too, so that helps. I know, Gorman. Thanks a million. Thank you. Cheers. Now that's it for another week of 98 FM so that's what I call sport thank you very much for listening and to all of our guests more from all of them in the podcast section of 98FM.com League of Ireland Sunday at 98 FM with Paul Corey Ian Birmingham Ronan Finn Connor Current, and Dinny Corcoran Ireland 100 caps in Turian Anya O'Gorman and all of our Six Nations chats with Shane Byrne Rory Best Joe Schmidt and more available in full and for free in the podcast section of 98FM.com we're back live next Sunday from 9am folks where our very special guest will be Christy McElliott who is in charge of amputee football in Ireland and the Amputee Football League of Ireland ahead of the return of the Amputee League for the second season kicking off next weekend have a great weekend folks and a Sunday we'll see you later bye bye 98 FM's now that's what I call sport with the Liverpool Football Club Store Ilac Centre 98 FM enjoy the rest of your Sunday folks bye bye 98 FM's now that's what I call sport get the full show every Sunday morning from 9 only on 98 FM